What's going on, everyone? You are now listening to The Wrestling High. We are your hosts, Alex James. And this is Mikey Bravo. And on this show, we will be giving you our thoughts, reviews, and reactions on all the major wrestling shows. And that includes Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, and especially pay-per-views. We'll also be touching on all the hot topics and rumors going on all throughout wrestling. What the fuck was that? All right, welcome back to this week's edition of the Wrestling High. Lex James here, Mikey Bravo. Uh, this week, we're going to aim for a little shorter of an episode. Had a lot to cover last week with AEW Grand Slam and a lot of shit going on between Raw and SmackDown and NXT. Um, this week is going to be mainly uh, focused on Extreme Rules. It just came and went and a Monday Night Raw that followed um, Extreme Rules, on paper, like we were talking about in the last episode, it looked like an episode, well, an episode, looked like a, a show that you could probably skip. It wound up turning out to be a way better show than we expected. Yeah, it wasn't bad for, for a B pay-per-view. It, it, all the matches were physically good. They, yeah, they, they weren't, uh, they, you know, they had some of them were better than others, obviously. But as far as, like, the build to any of these matches, like... The whole go home show to SmackDown was practically a waste. It felt like, and uh, you know, it didn't really leave me any more excited to watch this show, especially after what we watched on AEW with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. It was Extreme Rules was kind of an afterthought, but it, it wound up being a quality show. Uh, when on paper, it looked kind of weak. Like the last few episodes of Monday Night Raw have been better, at least looked better on paper than this Extreme Rules card. But it wound up being a pretty quality show for what it's worth. There was a match on there that we didn't even know was made until the show started. Yeah. And that's what started the show off. The, the first match of the night, uh, we get treated to a six-man tag that was pretty much made earlier in the night, I believe on the pre-show. And uh, we were treated to the New Day versus Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Amas. And uh, this was, you know... It filled up a decent amount of time. It served its purpose. Uh, the New Day went over, as you would expect, with B- Big E being the new WWE champion. Um, the big surprise out of this, for me at least, was Bobby Lashley eating the pinfall. I did not expect that, and I didn't necessarily agree with it. I was almost certain that AJ Styles was going to take the pinfall in this and pretty much figured Big E was going to get the pin, being that he's the champion. And... Um, Really interesting decision to go with Bobby Lashley getting pinned. He uh, he blind tags himself in while AJ Styles is the legal man. Um, and in doing so, he goes to spear Big E. Big E moves out of the way. AJ Styles eats that spear. And Bobby Lashley walks right into a big ending for the pin. And uh, later on in the night, we get a couple of backstage promos. First from Bobby Lashley. And uh, I, I like the style that they did these promos. They didn't have no interviewer asking them stupid questions. You know, they basically were just backstage. Yeah, they had a camera. It kind of reminded me of like it had like an old school feeling to it, where they would just go to a wrestler backstage and he cut a promo. It definitely had an old school feel to it, and I liked it. Um, Bobby Lashley showed some good fire. He called Biggie a chicken shit for cashing in and winning the title the way he did, being that his knee was injured, and uh, he basically threatened Bobby Lashley um, to just take his challenge. And you know, the next night on Raw, 
And Big E came back with, I would say, just as good as a promo. Same style as well. Um, Big E basically saying, you know, Bobby Lashley's crying about not being ready. He said, you better get your ass ready tomorrow. Um, and Big E, again, showed really good fire in this promo. I like these uh, I like that, these styles. Of that's promo. why Bobby taking the pin, it bothered me at first. But once he got his shot on Raw, I was like, all right, you know what? Now it doesn't bother me so much because now you're getting your title shot tomorrow. Right. And maybe that was the whole point. You know, he was pissed off at the fact that he got pinned and, you know, he's ready to, you know, take the yeah, title I, from I like, now. I like so. them making this match because it's it's a way to keep them involved in the pay-per-view. But you know what? You don't got to defend the title here. You'll defend it tomorrow on Raw. Right. And it was cool also to get, you know, the rest of New Day and AJ and Amos on the card. Um you know, I, I wasn't complaining about having a six-man tag. I mean, it, if anything, they probably should have advertised this a little earlier than just an hour before the show. And uh, maybe people would have, you know, appealed to a match like this a little more than thinking Liv Morgan and Carmella was going to be on the main card. And that wound up being on the pre-show. Um, if you would have probably told people ahead of time that this six-man tag was going to be on there, you probably would have gotten more people interested. Um, but it was a good quality six-man tag uh, to kick off the show. And like I said, it basically led to uh, a main event match the next night on Raw between Big E and Bobby Lashley, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Uh, the next match on here, Mike, uh, Usos and the Street Profits. Yeah, I like this one too. It was good. Like you, these two tag teams, when they get in the ring together, it's always good. Yeah, I, I didn't expect anything less of this. Um, Montez Ford is a fucking super athlete. And he continues to prove that here. Um, the blockbuster off the top rope while one of the Usos is on Angelo Dawkins, is his name, right? Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, see, shows. I want to word that different. All of these guys are super athletes, but Montez Ford is just in a tier of his own. Yeah. He, like, if him and Bianca Belair had a kid, that kid would excel in every sport known to man. That kid would be the next Bo Jackson. Probably better, because that them two... Like the, the shit that this guy does is ridiculous. Yeah. His frog splash, it's... I'm not trying to disrespect those who came before him, like the RVDs and the Eddie Guerreros. And, uh, nah, his is up there with... But with he's... Like, he will... If he continues the way he's going, his frog splash is going to go down as one of the best-looking frog splashes. Like, the air, the amount of air he gets on these. And he's not a big... He's not a small guy, either. He's pretty tall. A couple of weeks ago, he did one where he... Started off in the regular position and then completely did a 180 frog splash and landed it. Yeah, I think it was on one of the Usos. I think it was yeah, a tag title he, match he that Roman Reigns. turned his whole position around. Yeah. I've never seen that before. I think it was the it was the match that Reigns interfered and locked in the uh, the guillotine to, to save the title. Well, yeah, for the so Usos. it wasn't even yeah. a, it was a couple of days ago. Yeah, it was like a I think it was a couple of weeks ago they had that match. Something like that. But, um, well, yeah. Whatever it was, yeah. it, it happened. Montez Ford is... Super fucking athletic, man. He's almost too athletic. You can, if, if you could say that about anybody, I think he'd be the one you could say that about. Um, but, like, yeah, like, the way he lands his drop kicks too, like, he gets serious fucking air. Um, and for him to do a blockbuster off the top rope, like, Legion of Doom style, uh, Doomsday Device style, that's insane. I can, I can see him being successful on his own if they ever break up the street problem. He definitely would be the one. He's charismatic, too. Yeah. Angelo Dawkins, I think it's safe to say, is the Marty Jannetty of the Street yeah, Profits. Yeah, he, he wrestles in, like, a little, like, and one basketball. Yeah, but not not, to, not for nothing. Like, he might look like kind of a, a goof, in a sense. But he actually moves really well for his size. It's just, as far as the charisma part of the Street Profits goes... That belongs to... 
hands down, Montez Ford is definitely the man in that department. You know, um, but Angelo Dawkins is pretty athletic for himself, you know, for his uh, to his credit, too, because he is a bigger dude. He moves a lot better than you would expect. But I mean, Montez Ford just it's almost like Matt and Jeff Hardy. Like, yeah, Matt Hardy does a good job. We all know that. But Jeff Hardy just completely yeah, steals I wanna, the show. I, wanna, I don't know if I've ever seen Montez Ford in a heel role. I'd like to see him be like a, a prick. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I think he can pull it off. I, I'm pretty sure they've always been faces, even when, uh, when yeah. they're in NXT. I think he could pull off being a prick, like, in his own way. Yeah, he could definitely, like, if if, if there's anybody that's going to break out to be a solo star out of the Street Profits, it's without a doubt Montez Ford. Um, like, I, he, he could, I could definitely see an Intercontinental title or a U.S. title in his yeah. future if they really wanted to go that route. But I don't see them breaking up anytime soon. Street Profits is one of their better uh, tag teams, you know, better working tag teams. They ha- they always have entertaining matches um, I would love to see them work the New Day a little more. I think they've only fought them once. So last um, series, right? Yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily done with them facing the Usos. I, you know, being that this was Extreme Rules, I was kind of hoping we'd get like a fucking, like maybe a ladder match I between these say, two, man. The only thing I think could have made this match better was if they let them involve their environment more. Like make it a fucking ladder match, like you said. Dude, a ladder match with these two teams? What? Imagine the crazy shit Montez Ford can do off of a ladder. Yeah, that that's why I was hoping they made it a stipulation to where they could do shit like that, like climb ladders, go through tables, shit like that. Even if it was a tables match, they just put him through a fucking table on SmackDown. They could have did that, you know, like... These four guys and letting them use that whole arena would have been... Just, yeah, just, you know, it is extreme rules, so you you can think a little outside the box, and yet there's only one fucking match... That's extreme rules on the entire card. It has any stipulation. Montez which... Ford is your guy on your roster that you can say, you know what, I need you to jump off this balcony safely tonight. <laughs> like he's the, he's the guy that can do it. I would hope, you know. Um, obviously, you don't want him doing something that's gonna fucking hurt himself. But yeah, he seems like everything he does, like he always gets really good air. He always lands everything pretty clean. You know, um, I, I feel like in due time we're gonna get those moments with the street profits. Um, right now is not their time because right now it's the Usos, especially on SmackDown. Yeah, because I remember when Seth Rollins jumped off the balcony onto Evolution, I was like, "Oh, that, I gotta watch that guy I, a lot more." I was there for that. Were you? That was in uh, fucking East Rutherford. Wow, that was Extreme Rules actually. Back when Extreme Rules had stipulations for their matches. Yeah, that that match was good. That was uh, yeah, that was in um, not the Prudential Center because that's new work. That was the building across the Izod Center. Which okay. I believe, I think it's knocked down or it's not in service or something. Yeah, they just stopped using it. Yeah, because that was the one that was right across MetLife Stadium. I was there for that Extreme Rules yeah, 2014. Yeah, I remember seeing him jump off. That was match like, was... I gotta watch him more. That match was one of the better matches that night, if not the best match. So I, I think Montez Ford He can do shit like, like that. that. Yeah. He, I, it'll come. It'll definitely come. But this was the Usos night. Um, like I said, I don't see these tag titles leaving the Usos anytime soon. It shouldn't at least, you know, I... I as long as Roman Reigns has the universal title, I would like to keep the bloodline with all the titles. Yeah, you got to run with that. The bloodline is strong. Yeah. Like, when you talk about factions right now, that's the faction. I honestly, maybe not even have the Usos lose those titles until WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't know who going. I don't know who you who you take them off of, you know, and put them on, but you can build a team till then. People want to see every title in WWE or wrestling period flip-flop between people and it it, it 
loses it diminishes his luster, your championships. Yeah. To be the champion means to be the best. Not everybody is the best. This is not something that, oh, you're going to hold for a month. I'm going to hold it for right. a month. Now, granted, fluke title wins happen here and there and other, you know, combat sports and legit, you know, however you want to put it. But it's like the shit happens a little too often, you know, and, and like WWE in the past has definitely um, abused that. You know, well, they'll just hot shot it onto one guy, and then a month or yeah, two later, it's I'm all for gets the ridiculous. And, and right. having all the championships yeah. for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just keeps them legit. You got the best tag team, you got the best wrestler, and you got the best uh, it, manager. It also gives you a chance to build someone to take those titles off of them. The longer you have the titles, exactly. On them. So this way, you make that fucking team who does beat them. You know what I mean? Like I said, I don't know what team that is right now. But there's a lot of time between now and WrestleMania. You know, maybe it's a a team that's on SmackDown. Or maybe it's a team that's on Raw. Like, I wouldn't mind it being the Viking Raiders if they were taken fucking serious. Because that would be a hell of a match. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. as, As wrestlers in the ring, the Viking Raiders are badass. The characters are just terrible and it's it's... You know, they got WWE has their fucking fingerprints written all I have it have have not written all over it, but they have their fingerprints all over the fucking Viking Raiders. And it's so obvious with the, the cheesy backstage segments that yeah, they've see, had. That like if they were still War Machine or even the War, War Raiders, Raiders, I could believe it more. Like, oh they they're gonna fuck the Usos. like you're dressed as Vikings, you're gonna come fight the Usos who just had the titles for this. I war. can I can even forgive the whole Viking bullshit if they were just taken serious. I don't care what they eat, what kind of sloppy fucking foods why not just let eat. them be it's the just, War Raiders? I, I like, don't know. Why, what was so bad about that? I don't know. I, I guess that doesn't appeal to too many kids. Even though I don't think kids would give a rat's ass either way. But either way, I don't know. I, I mean, that, that could be a team you can move over to SmackDown. God forbid you start taking them serious like you should have in the first place. That's a team that you can build you know, towards a WrestleMania match against the Usos. You know what I mean? Hell, if they want to do McIntyre and, and Reigns... At, at WrestleMania this year, yeah. Push then it. you can have McIntyre and the fucking and the Viking Ra- Raiders, or I almost said the Viking Warriors. Almost gave him another new fucking. That name. would be a dope name for them, though. The Viking Warriors, like if you take them seriously, you could put them with Drew. It, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that would work it, it going up against sense. the Bloodline it like makes that. A lot of sense. You got two fucking high profile WrestleMania matches if you build it right. You got Drew and Roman that could be the main event. And, you know, you got a hell of a tag title match between the Usos and, and the Viking Raiders. Have six-man tags of that shit leading up to it or any other, um, you know, mix of match, you know, mix of matches like, you yeah. know, with those guys involved. Like, he can do a lot with that shit. And if you do it right and you take him serious, Drew McIntyre lose the fucking goofy sword because you're not going to use it, by the way. Um, just, yeah, start taking some of the shit serious. You know, this isn't a fucking cartoon come to life. You know, so just, you know, just throwing that out there. But I, I think that would be pretty nah, solid yeah, as far right. as like... I would take the... What are they, the Viking Raiders? The Raiders, yeah, I know. Them and Drew. The name is so fucking silly that you can't even remember. the Viking it. Warriors, maybe. It sounds a little tougher. But yeah, man. Uh, you know, just a thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, Usos are Street Profits. Not to get off track, even though we kind of did a little bit. Uh, another very quality tag title match. Usos go over like we all thought they would. Um, next match was uh, definitely probably the one I was least looking forward to, but it turned out to be a pretty solid match for what it's worth. Uh, the Raw Women's title match, Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss. 
from a story standpoint, it's like we didn't really care. But the match ended up physically being a good one. They pulled off some good shit in this match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like you were you were saying how I've been really you know harsh on Alexa Bliss, and I guess I have. I guess I like she doesn't stand out to me as like a great worker. I guess the things that she does do in the ring work for her. I mean, like, we're so used to seeing Sasha and Becky and Bailey and Charlotte and even Paige before them. Like, these girls were tearing shit up. You know, and Bianca now, Asuka. She doesn't compare to them at all in yeah, the ring. Yeah, she has her place, though. She does. You're right. She belongs in the ring more than Eva Marie. And, oh, yeah. Like, even, even girls like Lana did. Lana didn't belong oh, in Oh, no, Lana was terrible. So uh, I, Alexa was I definitely think, better than I think than Alexa's them. better than Nia in the ring. Better yeah. Better than Tamina. yeah. You know, so she's not that bad. She's not better than Natty, but no one cares about Natty. Yeah, like... like I, Natty's probably the best wrestler I, I at all. I think Alexa them, could get over with the crowd better than Natty could ever do. She's more of a personality. and it, You're right. What she is able to do, what she does do well, is what, you know, got her there. So I get it. She's not my favorite, um, but I'd much rather her old persona than this doll bullshit. Um, but apparently, um, Charlotte wins this match... And, it, you know, we all, like we said, it was a lot better than we expected it to, uh, expected it to be. But at the end, Charlotte rips the doll apart, rips Lily. And uh, the one stupid thing about this, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, what the fuck was that in her mouth? So, apparently, upon seeing Lily get ripped, she was supposed to start foaming at the mouth out of, like, anger. And it botched. So she basically looked like she had a fucking Alka-Seltzer. Did the foam tablet not go off? It just wasn't foaming. Instead, it just looked like fucking a little bit of spit and drool coming from her fucking face, which she just looked silly because instead of crying, she just looked like she was spitting all over her own face. So, and you could clearly see... There was a tab on her tongue. Yeah, it was so fucking obvious. It's like, ah, Obviously, it was supposed to start foaming. Right, so I hope this is a fucking clear indication that this whole gimmick... Needs to be put to an end now. Yeah, I had read she's probably taking some time off and changing yeah. her character up. Apparently, this was uh, this is a way to write her off for TV. And um, apparently, Charlotte Flair said something at the end of the match um, in a post match interview, saying that hopefully this serves as a wake up call for Alexa Bliss. And hopefully, that means Alexa Bliss will just come back to her normal self because at least she was solid on the mic. You know, like she was good at being a real cunt on the mic as a heel. So I I can buy her as that, you know. um, That's why I'm not being too harsh on her for this character because I've seen how she was. She's she's decent as a wrestler. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm still salty about Bray Wyatt getting released and the gimmick still remaining with Alexa Bliss, which is just like, what the fuck? Hopefully they do away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that that's uh, the one silver lining out of this. That we can take from it. Um, next match on here was the triple threat. Uh, Damien Priest, U.S. champion, putting the title on the line against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Another good match. So well-worked triple threat match. There was a... Minus the little botch with Jeff I Hardy. I don't know if it was a little botch. I, I don't know what... Uh, I'm, well, I'm calling it a little botch. It was just... The match was good, but I don't know what the fuck he was trying to go for here. He I, all right, so up. I think I think Hardy was going for... Oh, no, no, no. Damien Priest was going for his finisher, which is, what do they fucking call it again? Um, the Reckoning. I think they call it The Reckoning. So it's the crossroads that Cody Rhodes yeah. uses. Um, he was going for The Reckoning, and I think as he was in the middle of, you know, using the move, I guess Hardy was supposed to turn it into the twist of fate. 
Which, if it would have been executed, if it would have pulled it off right, it probably would have looked badass. Would have looked dope. But I mean, like that's a that's a tough move to fucking pull off, like smoothly. You know what I mean? So I don't hold it against them. I just thought they got a little too ambitious, thinking that they could pull it off. Being that uh, clearly Jeff Hardy's not, you know, even he's he's only forty two, but. Unlike most 42-year-olds, uh, Jeff Hardy's taken a hell of a fucking beating. Now, it was still a good match to me. It was. It's, it's just, just that, that, that spot was, you could tell. Right. Like, you could tell that spot was supposed to be one of the standout spots of the match. Yeah. And if it would have been pulled off, it would have been like, oh, shit. But it wound up being, Ugh, what the fuck was that? Because that was exactly the fucking reaction I had. I was like, ugh. I was like, hey, they, I just feel like they probably got a little too it ambitious. Just, it made me laugh the way they fell. Oof! It but, looked like a fucking hot mess. But if they would have pulled that off, it would have. I would have been like, holy shit! Yeah, but they didn't, and we're laughing about it. But like you said, only hiccup of the match. Um, Sheamus, I, I don't know. Did he re-break his fucking? I feel like every match he re-breaks his goddamn nose. Yeah, he's gonna have to be careful with that before he really fucks something up. He's not gonna have a fucking nose after after this year. Um, but yeah, Sheamus is the one that actually wound up eating the pin. Uh, Damian Priest hit the the reckoning on him, wins the match. Another solid performance from Damian Priest, and uh, this would lead to a rematch on Raw the night later that we will get into. Um, but yeah, Damian Priest, I like the way they're booking him. Uh, they're booking him pretty solid, booking him you know as a fearless face. I want him to go to SmackDown get a little. I'm, I'm hoping to see him go to SmackDown, too. And I feel like they might be building him up like this because they're moving him to SmackDown. Because once be nice. he gets there, you know, they know to treat him as a big deal. You know, I mean, possibly could be a future opponent for Roman Reigns in the near future. And he doesn't have to win that in order to, look, to come out looking better and stronger. No, he don't. You know, just rubbing elbows with Roman Reigns. For someone like Damian Priest, now granted, I know he's up there in age. He's he's in his mid thirties. He's not like a young guy, but as far as like he's a newer guy to WWE fans. He's a newer guy to the WWE landscape to the main roster. So you know, for him to be in there with Roman Reigns in general would just be a big enough you know accomplishment. You know, so I, I could definitely see that. Um, it feels like they are building him up for a move to SmackDown, and yeah, uh, I hope yeah, I hope he is too. Because uh, he can definitely have some uh, some real standout matches and standout uh, feuds with some guys on there. Um, next match on the card, I would say this was like kind of like the co-main event. At least it was built that way. SmackDown Women's title, Becky Lynch versus Bianca. Um, started out with uh, B- Becky Lynch offering a handshake to Bianca Belair. Like, just kind of being a smartass. Obviously, that's how their last match started and ended. Um... Good action in this match. I uh, I, I enjoyed this match. Um, right when Bianca Belair is ready to hit the KOD, and and it was cool because they you know they teased they teased Becky Lynch locking a disarmor on her, and she kept getting out of it, kept getting to the ropes. When finally Bianca has her up for the KOD, none other than Sasha Banks comes back, makes her return. We haven't seen her in about a month, and fuck, she looked amazing. Yeah, she did. She looked a little cheeky. <laughs> looked a lot of cheeky, actually. I, I I can't not mention that. Yeah, she was. It's arguably the best part of the night. Either way, um, yeah, Sasha Banks looked fucking incredible. And she attacked Bianca. And I, I, I want, I'm assuming Bianca won by disqualification because of that. Um, but she roughed up Bianca Belair, hit her with a backstabber. 
Becky Lynch tried ponying up to her, tried playing nice, and uh, she also got a backstabber for her troubles. So it was cool to see this. Um, even though we didn't get, you know, we got a, a screwy finish, there's a reason to see it again. And now, you know, with, with the added element of Sasha Banks. Yeah, I, this is another match that I liked. Again, I, I didn't think this pay-per-view was going to be good, but every match so far is delivering. And like you said, Sasha came cheeks clapping and all. Mm. Just made the night. So I couldn't tell if that was the crowd popping or like her ass is clapping that much that it was it sounded like a round of applause. <laughs> so I wouldn't put it past them cheeks. I don't think uh I don't think those noises were piped in. I think we could say that. Yeah. But yeah, um yeah, Sasha Banks looked amazing and um she's back. As you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, looking forward to that. I- I'm assuming that's gonna lead to a triple threat match. I don't know when we get that. Um, I believe would, the next, be dope. yeah, I believe the next pay-per-view is Crown Jewel, the whole middle of the week and the afternoon fucking pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. What is it? One, one on a Thursday? Yeah. One o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday. So I don't know if we get, I don't know if we get this, uh, triple threat match. I'm assuming we're going to get a triple threat out of these three women. Um, I don't know if that happens at, so uh, at Crown Jewel, I don't know what their, uh, how they feel about women performing on their show. I'm not sure if they've gotten past that yet. I know they've had a, you know, a woman's title match on there and they were all covered up. I hope it's not in Crown Jewel because then they, Sasha won't be too cheeky. That's true, too. She'd be in a big baggy um, shirt. Nobody's going to be too cheeky yeah. in Saudi Arabia. Um, no, give this, give this match until... What, what's the pay-per-view after, after that? After that is Survivor Series. I'll, so I'll I, feel like, Survivor Series. I feel like we're going to get this on, on a SmackDown episode, which I'm cool with, too. You know, I mean, being that Raw has been getting all these pay-per-view caliber main events, you know, um, I could definitely see this main eventing a... Yeah, a, SmackDown a, episode, a, like, I'll watch that as a main event. Absolutely. Yeah. I would watch that as a main event on a pay-per-view, let alone a SmackDown. I was going to say Survivor Series, but if they do go to SmackDown, I'd, I'd watch that. I would think they're not doing it Survivor Series just because, like, if they're going to do the whole Raw versus SmackDown thing, then we're probably going to get the Raw champion versus SmackDown champion, which whoever that might be at the time. Right now, it's looking like it's going to be Becky versus Charlotte. But I have reason to believe we won't get that because we've gotten that, like, a hundred fucking times by now. And I don't think the fans are ready to see it again. You know, especially and they're both heels. So one would have to lose that title in order for a face to be champion. And then, you know, you get the face versus heel champion versus champion thing. It's usually what they do, at least these days, when it comes to Survivor Series. Uh, but yeah, the boss is back. And now Michael Cole can say it's boss time every fucking 10 minutes. Because <laughs> that doesn't get old. You do love Michael Cole, don't you? It's boss time! Shut up, you fucking dork cliff uh, so that leads us to the main event the only extreme rules match on the card the only match with a fucking stipulation why is this pay-per-view even called extreme rules i think they should just do away with this pay-per-view this altogether. is definitely one of them they should do away with we'll talk about what we should uh how the play uh playoff format the pay-per-view format should be um going forward uh but yeah main event Extreme Rules match, Roman Reigns versus the Demon Finn Balor. And uh, the interesting thing about this, which I don't really care for, is that the Demon came out last. And the champion, Roman Reigns, came out first. I get it. The Demon is this, you know, I, apparently now he's a supernatural character. And we'll get into that too, which I really don't give a shit about. But I really hate when the champion comes out first. 
Does yeah, it bother you like it bothers me? Because it, it, it makes really me hurts. I think me. he's going to lose. It's like you're the champion. You should have the spotlight on you no matter how cool the other entrance is. Let it come first because the champion should always come out last. Like, I don't get the feeling that he's going to lose. So, I, mean, I, I, can under, I can see that. But there are times where, like, oh, is the champion not the most important guy on the whole roster that's until otherwise? Early, that's what I meant earlier about, like, being champion should mean you're number one with everything. Entrances, everything should be. Yeah, like, dude. That belt means you are the top guy. I remember one time where, like, I know there's, like, certain people that are, like, the exception to the rule. Like, I'm, I'm, I know Undertaker has come out after a champion, but that's Undertaker. That's like the one guy I could forgive that about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even then, when him and Edge made events at WrestleMania 24 for the world title, Undertaker came out first. Yeah, he did. He came out first. And Edge was the one that came out last. Like that, yo, you know what that means to Edge? You know what I mean? Like people, a lot of people wouldn't even see that, but that's putting Edge over as like, yo, he really is that fucking guy. Yeah. He is the champion. That, Undertaker's I mean. coming out first. The championship should be more important than yeah, anything else. especially Roman Reigns. Like fuck, I don't care if it's the Demon Finn Balor or the fucking Hard On Finn Balor or the Quiff Finn Balor. I don't fucking care. It's all right. Like it's just Finn Balor with with paint on him from his waist up. Pretty sure Roman Reigns is still kick his ass. Yeah, I wonder if I paint myself, does that mean I can beat guys two times my size? I think Jeff Hardy needs to start borrowing Finn Balor's fucking paint, though. Yeah. Maybe he won't be chasing after the 24-7 title anymore. I mean, they they had a good match. Physically, Finn Balor held his own. No, and I'm not trying to shit on Finn Balor. I I like Finn. The whole comeback was okay, but they could have done without the music and the red lights. <laughs> yeah, like the whole, like everything before that, I was enjoying. The fighting in the crowd. Hell, even when Roman Reigns put his hand out to get a mask from Paul Heyman and people were like up in arms about Roman Reigns masking up in the crowd. Um, you do fucking remember. Well, well I knew why, because of the leukemia. Yeah, thing. like you do remember, he is a two-time cancer survivor, asswipe. But. <laughs> not, all, I'm it, not calling you an asswipe. No, I'm calling, it also makes sense for him to do that for his character too. Like, yo, give me a mask. I don't want to. Even Pat McAfee even said it on commentary. How he said it's like, yeah, he doesn't want to breathe the same air as these scumbags. Yeah, Pat McAfee's gold behind that table. Bro. <laughs> I was like, Pat McAfee can get away with calling fans scumbags. Like, all right, I ain't complaining. I'm just like, but Shit. yeah. Like, if anybody has a problem with him wearing a mask, he's like, we want to to put his fucking life on the line. I was just gonna say, it's not like it was one of them bullshit masks. I just, I like, like how he cool... took. I like how he got it. He put his hand out, and Paul Heyman immediately right on cue. Yeah, <laughs> takes it out of his Heyman pocket. And Paul Heyman belong. They really do. They're together. fucking great together, man. And it's, it's something that people have wanted for a long time. Like, back when Roman and Brock had their first feud about five or six years ago, people were saying back then, like, man, a way to revive Roman Reigns' career is by putting Paul Heyman with him. Of course, it took him about five years to fucking do it, but here we are. And we were all right. And look at it. You know? But, yeah, the the, the action between Finn and Roman, you know, it was a good notice. It was a good Extreme Rules match, you know, um... Finn Bal- I thought what I thought was kind of cheesy was the whole barrel of kendo sticks wrapped around in the demon colors, which was to indicate that this is the fucking this is the weapon that Finn Balor is going to use. I I yeah. I want to know if a whole bundle of kendo kendo sticks are more impactful than just one, because Finn Balor ain't that damn strong to be willing like five or more kendo sticks at once for it to really hurt Roman that much. Where you could just whoop one fucking kendo yeah, stick that, at him. That was corny to me. I, so I to me, I was like, we're gonna mention that. You but. lost me on that logic, but you know, 
I guess somebody was like, whoa, he has like five more in his hand. That totally hurts more. Yeah, not really. Um, but someone believed it, I guess. Um, but yeah, the fighting in the crowd was cool. Um, Finn Balor, to me, was already booked to look strong because he had the fucking match won when he hit a coup de gras, and the Usos yanked him out of the fucking ring right after and started pounding on him. Yeah. You know, the, like, they started kicking his ass. Um, you know, this whole, this whole thing led to, like, what, what was the fucking spot that it eventually led to? I think it was, um... Let me see if he I gave, can... He, uh, Finn Balor actually gave, I think it was Jimmy oh, Uso, a powerbomb through he, the table. He did, that's right. He powerbombed Jimmy Uso through the table. And um, and that led to him getting speared through the barricade. That was pretty badass. And so and, it was shit was happening. And, you know, the comeback didn't bother me. It's just the red light and the music. It's like, why are you playing? And him flailing his arms yeah, like a fish that, out of like, water as if like it's a, a heartbeat. That, nah, that you could have did without all of that. Like, all right, now we're turning into the fucking fiend? Like, this is stupid. So stupid. Like, ugh. Come on, man. Yeah, like, they, you they, lost me on that. They could have did without that. He we didn't need that. And then the music keeps playing. Yeah, the comeback, getting up, if, all right, if, if he's a supernatural character, the comeback, getting up, getting energy out of nowhere doesn't bother me. But the flail in the arms, the music, the red light, you don't need all of they that. They kept the music on. Yeah, you didn't need that. So, he was, so you mean to tell me he was about to win this match, with win it, the title, with, with the music, music already, already playing? playing. Yeah, sure. And this is where WWE just can't help themselves. You know, this is when they got to turn into a fucking variety show. <laughs> like... I come yeah, on. I know it's corny, but you know what? It, it, it's a different finish than just a running and I get that, but know. they see the thing is like to me they already made Finn Balor look strong even if he still would have lost clean because the Usos, well he wouldn't have lost clean because the Usos already fucking cost him the title. They didn't have to go the route that they did where he climbs the top rope and the top rope just magically fucking collapses underneath him for no explicable reason. <laughs> you know, by the way, red light still on, music still playing. He gets up, Roman Reigns spears him one, two, three. Like, ugh. you, you went, you really went out of your way for this fucking for the match to end as as it did. Like, I don't think this made Roman look any stronger, and I don't think it made Finn look any stronger. Finn already looked stronger by the Usos yanking him out of the fucking ring before he can get the three count after the coup de gras. You know, and that's what led to all this silly shit. He already looked strong. He could have taken that pin without all the extra shit. You know, like, we didn't need the fucking revival of the uh, of the demon, you know, flailing on the fucking ground as his heart's beating, and then he just pops back up. Yeah. And the music playing was just WWE, like... WWE, they, they, it, it was a lose-lose for them. The old Finn was buried, and it's like, oh, whatever. He's in the main event with the champion, but he was buried. To me, it's like I would rather this supernatural bullshit to be kept away from Roman Reigns entirely. Um, yeah, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have had the demon be put anywhere near Roman Reigns. At least not right now. Not now. I, and honestly, I don't have. I don't have too much of a problem with that because, dude, like the demon. I don't know. Like he's cool and all, but there's only so much you can do with him. He's got to lose sometime fucking soon. Why not against Roman Reigns? It, it would not have bothered me. Yeah. And the fact that people that that Michael Cole's going out his way to the fiend, uh, the fiend, the demon was never defeated. That's bullshit. Samoa Joe beat him in NXT, but we're just gonna act like NXT doesn't exist because they already fucking they already do, you know. Um, but yeah, that was Extreme Rules. Like it was, a, it was a solid card, and um, the main event was really good up until you know the theatrics. 
up until they decided to, you know, uh, play to somebody in the crowd that likes this shit. I don't know, but it's I mean, stupid. It, when I watched it again and listened to the crowd, they did like it, <laughs> but probably a lot of kids did. Yeah, I just, I don't know. To me, it's just dumb. The, the whole, I can't get the image out of my head of Finn Balor on the ground flailing as the fucking heartbeat is, is going on through the speakers. And then he just pops up and the music's still playing. Like, Jesus, this is stupid. Like, I don't know. It's, this was a good match. It didn't need any of that supernatural shit. That's all I'm saying. No, overall, it was a good pay-per-view. It, and it was a solid pay-per-view. It was surprising. Yeah, being that the hype around it really was, you know, really left a lot to be desired. Uh, especially the SmackDown Go Home show really did not make me want to watch this pay-per-view more than I wanted to already. All of the matches physically delivered. Yeah. So it was pretty good. Yeah, they were, they were you know, they were solid matches. There, there have been worse pay-per-views that WWE has put out this year for sure. Um, but yeah, that was Extreme Rules, and um, it led into a very solid Monday Night Raw. I would say this marks almost a month straight of quality Monday Night Raws. And About uh time. Yeah, no shit. Took long enough. And uh, we're about to get into that right after this. Alright, so that wraps up Extreme Rules. Like we said, a card that on paper looked pretty weak, but uh, ended up being a pretty solid show in the end of the night. And it led into another very quality Monday Night Raw. And once again, we uh, kick off Monday Night Raw with what we thought would have been the main event. And we get Bobby Lashley going up for the title against Big E. And, again, another really strong outing. Another match that ended in a no contest um, after Bobby and Big E were going at it. Big E hits his um, signature spear from the ring off the apron. And as soon as he lands, he realizes that Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander are standing right over him. I was waiting for this. And I, that was a nice surprise to me. They had the new Hurt Business shirts on. Because at first, when he lands a spear, you just see feet by him. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And then you, it pans out. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. I wish they should have never, never fucking... Up. They should have never broke these guys yeah, they, up. I agree. They should have never broke up. And they broke him up right before WrestleMania, right when Lashley got his title. Which made even less sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because now they, they, they got to add one more guy, though. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so the Hurt Business show up, minus MVP, of course, because he's out with his injury. And um, Biggie realizes that, you know, Benjamin and Alexander are standing outside, but they haven't interfered yet. They get back in the ring, and uh, Bobby Lashley actually hits his spear on Big E. But while he hits his spear on Big E, the New Day had already come out and started fighting and brawling with the Hurt Business. And as Bobby Lashley's about to get his pin and get the one, two, three, I think it was Xavier Woods and I don't know if it was Xavier Woods and one of the other guys, they um, basically started brawling all over the pin attempt and that caused a no contest. So Bobby Lashley, once again, booked to look really strong, looked like he was on the verge of winning the WWE title right back. And uh, the New Day pretty much cost him that. So, and you get the Hurt Business back. And you got the Hurt Business back. So I, no one's going to complain about that. Adam Pierce comes out. And he decides to uh, make this match continue later on the night. Only this time it's going to be a steel cage match to keep out the New Day and the Hurt Business. So we're getting a fucking steel cage main event match for the WWE Championship. That's three straight Monday Night Raws with pay-per-view quality main events 
we had Randy Orton and Big e and, uh, and Bobby Lashley for the title, which ended up being the cash in for Big E. Last week we had the triple threat, and I still say to this, I still stand by this even a week later. Probably one of the best Raw main events we've had in a long, long time. I would say in probably a few years. If you're gonna have a three hour show, then you gotta give people something to watch at the end of it. You gotta give something people watch to fucking stick around for it. Yeah. So I'm I'm not complaining. No, I'm not either. And this week we get the steel cage match. Bobby Lashley, Big E, and um another really physical match. The cage, you know, they, they involve the cage a lot. A lot of um excuse me, a lot of uh, you know, attempts at climbing out. Again, the stipulation of pinfalls and submissions. Really yeah, don't care was, about. There wasn't a need for a ref in this one. No, this is look at the size of these two guys, man. Let them just kill let them each beat other the shit out of each cage. other. And not to mention, it's really, it really wouldn't have been smart for any of these guys to take a pinfall. A cage match would be ideal. Yeah, like, I would have rather Bobby lost if Big E climbed out or right or escaped. Because yeah, to me, you're protecting Bobby yeah. Lashley. You know what I mean? Um, and, and Bobby Lashley, yeah, man, the referee in the cage—it really does bother me. Like it's just fucking stupid. It is it, to me a cage match, a, tra- a traditional cage match. No ref, no pinfalls, no submissions. The only cage way to is win there for it to be barbaric. Yeah, only way to win is to escape. And the, the two of these guys—they uh, look like fucking barbarians. Yeah. Why don't just let them beat the shit out of each other and have Biggie escape through the door by the by a cunt here? Yeah. I would have rather that than have the ref in, but. I like this match. It was good. It, it was. It was a good match. Like I said, I'm never a fan of referees and cage matches for obvious reasons. Um, but this match definitely didn't disappoint. And while it was supposed to keep the New Day and the Hurt Business out, it still didn't. Because uh, there was a point in the match where Big E was on the verge of escaping by uh, climbing out. And Cedric and Shelton both climbed on top right away, stopped him in his tracks. That brought the New Day out. And we saw a really cool fucking spot out of this. That led to a commercial break. Um, Kofi Kingston, he he knocks both of the guys off the cage, and they're kind of like huddled up. But it, it makes sense for them to be around, like you know, huddled up together. I forgot how. Um, but Kofi Kingston basically do, does his like he dives back first onto you. He doesn't. Yeah, he came off the cage. Right yeah, that was he, he. He came off the very almost not the very top of the cage, but high enough off the top of the cage. And he did his back first dive onto both Shelton and Cedric. And it looked awesome. They went to commercial break right after that. So they had a nice little, you know, fun outside of the cage between the New Day and the Hurt Business. It didn't really hurt what was going on in the ring. Because, yeah, granted, they did interfere on, you know, they they did keep Big E from winning the match. But there was still plenty of match to keep going. You know what I mean? It didn't affect the finish. You know, so I, I thought it was all harmless stuff outside of the ring that uh, didn't hurt the match as far as being harmless. Um, they come back from break, and uh, Big E and Bobby Lashley, man, like, they I give him a lot of credit. Like, I could definitely see this uh, match between these two kind of being clunky and not being the most enjoyable. You would think. But these guys, they, they, they know how to fucking work. Yeah. They, they, Bobby yeah. Lashley has gotten a lot better. He's got he's improved immensely in the ring. I think Biggie has always been pretty solid. Um, you know, obviously he's improved too. And Bobby Lashley is the veteran of the two, but <clears throat> but uh Bobby Lashley uh, he wasn't always known for, you know, the quality performances he put in the ring and I I want to give him his credit right now cuz uh, Bobby Lashley's putting on some great fucking performances in the ring. Like it's not just the guy he's wrestling carrying the match. 
You know, like Bobby Lashley's more than holding his own. Yeah, I like I like that they're keeping him strong too because I I'd like to see this culminate in like we were saying earlier that they I gotta add one more guy. I'd like to see it culminate in a triple threat with AJ Styles involved, where Omas helps Bobby Lashley win the belt back and goes to the hurt and becomes business. the fourth member of the hurt business. Well, fifth, well, fifth member, actually, yeah, because, but the fourth. Well, I, look, I look at MVP as their manager. No, I know, but know he's I mean? yeah he. MVP would never have to wrestle again if they get Omos yeah, in that, there, and that's fine. You, you like, gotta I, put him. There. And I don't, I don't mind MVP wrestling. It's just he's so much more effective as you know the manager, as the heel, you know the heel mouthpiece. He's yeah. great at that. You, you got they gotta bite. You, you know, and you know what, Omos probably needs a mouthpiece too. So MVP would be perfect because you can later on down the line turn Omos on Bobby Lashley. Lashley turns face. And MVP is now Omos's mouthpiece because something tells me he's going to need a mouthpiece too. AJ Styles ain't that mouthpiece. Nah, AJ Styles needs to go back his yeah, like his solo thing. His solo thing, you could turn him face. He could be a top face on Raw easily. You, you know, like I said, um, it, it's not going to be you're not going to it's not going to be pulling teeth to get fucking people to you, root right, for AJ you, Styles. Right there, you, with that triple threat match that I said, you you set your, your AJ Styles face turn up. Yeah. Omas turns, helps Bobby Lashley win. Now AJ can chase Bobby with Omas on his team, and AJ could be your face. Bobby Lashley's already a heel. Just don't know what that means for Big E after losing the title. That's the only thing. I feel like he'd be the odd man out. Um, That's if they do that. Yeah. Because I like Big E as champ, but I don't... I still don't see Big E holding the title for too long. Yeah, not. he's not going to be like... He's not going to do what Roman's doing. No, God, no. He's not going to do half of that. No. No, that's I'd be really surprised about that. But um, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing Lashley retain it sometime soon by the end of the year, beating Big E. And like you said, that that would be a great match to do it. Um, you mean regain it? Regain it, that's what I meant, yeah. Um, you can have that triple threat on Raw, AJ, Lashley, and Big E for the title. And right when AJ's about to pin Big E with a phenomenal forearm, just have Omos yank him out of the fucking ring. And AJ Styles is like, what the fuck are you doing? He clobbers AJ Styles. Bobby Lashley gets in the ring, pins Big E, new champion. Yeah. You know, and then you find out Big E, you know, say underneath whatever Omas is wearing, he's got a Hurt Business shirt underneath. And man, the Hurt Business is fucking stronger than ever. But down the line, you can have Omas turn on him. Now, I'm not saying that's for the title. I'm not saying put the fucking title on Omas. Nowhere near ready for that. But you can have Omas turn on him. All right. And MVP just side with him. He's like, you know what? I found my new meal ticket. You could turn Bobby Lashley face, go up against Omas. That is something people would want to see. One Hell monster yeah. against another. Hell yeah. You know? You see, this is, this is why they should hire guys like us. Yeah. Not to get too off topic, though. Um, he hits a big ending from the second rope of the cage. Well, not of the cage, of the ring, but, you know, it looks... <laughs> It looks like it's near the top of the cage. Second rope of the cage. They did it from the second rope, and it looks near, you know, the top of the cage. Um, so, yeah, again, like I said, I, I could have done... I, I had no problem with the move being executed, but have Bobby... Have Big E escape from the door to win that instead of beating him by pinfall yeah, again. Pinfall. Bobby Lashley's eaten a lot of pinfalls over the last couple of weeks. That's the, And even though he remains strong, he he, he still looks strong. I have a little bit of an issue with him eating these yeah, pinfalls. Yeah, I agree with you. I think 
Big E barely escaping that cage would have been a better way to end this match. Absolutely. He still could have had the big ending from the second rope. Yeah, just have him crawl to the door. There's plenty of drama in that. With my last <laughs> bit of energy that I have, I'm going to crawl out and retain the right. title. And then the New Day can carry me back. Plenty of drama in that. But instead, You can milk that. The crowd will go crazy. You have a jerk off in the ring with stripes on his shirt that is there for no fucking reason. Yeah, I, I really the pinfalls and submissions, they really turn me off in a cage match. It's not necessary. Um, like I said, and, and like I said, this, this could have been a good way to you know make Bobby Lashley look strong in defeat, not having to eat another pinfall. He shouldn't have eaten a pinfall in the six-man tag the night before at Extreme Rules. I get, you know, the I'm, I, I'm okay with him. Obviously, the cash-in, you know, he had the out with his knee injury or whatever. I could live with him taking the pinfall in the triple threat match because it's coming from Roman, and you don't want to pin Big E a week after winning the title. I could live with all that. But these last two pinfalls for Lashley did not need to yeah, happen. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't need to happen. AJ could have taken the six-man tag pin, and this just didn't need a pinfall to begin Especially with because it was in a fucking cage. in a match where you have the stipulation where you don't need pinfalls. Yeah. So that that's... If I can nitpick, that's what I would have done differently is just not have Lashley eat any of these pinfalls whatsoever and you continue to make him look strong. I can forgive the Roman Reigns one because it's Roman and you're not, you don't want to pin Big E so soon after winning the title. I'm fine with that. You know, it's like someone has to take the pin so Lashley is the odd man out there. Fine. You know? Um, but yeah, another quality uh, pay-per-view main event for Raw. The cage goes up. And Drew McIntyre's music hits, and he's standing at the stage. And this is the first time we've Complete seen Drew McIntyre with his, sword. with his fucking sword that he's obviously not going to use on anyone anytime soon. Um, we haven't seen Drew McIntyre in a couple weeks, so I guess it makes sense. It's kind of weird because with the draft coming this week, to see him basically challenging Big E for the title, I mean, it makes sense in a, in a, in a sense that now that Lashley's not champion, McIntyre can go for the title. But with the draft coming literally this week and next week, I would assume Drew McIntyre is probably going to SmackDown. I hope so. You know, like, do they have this Drew McIntyre match on next week's Raw? I could see that happening because maybe. maybe Drew McIntyre gets drafted on this episode, this week's episode of SmackDown because that's going to be the first part of the draft on SmackDown. And you can tease McIntyre bringing the title over to SmackDown. And Big E getting his win. I, I could see that. Makes sense. You know? Um, otherwise, if that's not the case, then I guess that means McIntyre staying on Raw. So, I, I don't I know. I want to see him go to... I'd rather see what you just said. Yeah. Like, tease him bringing the title to SmackDown. Give Big E another big win. Give Yeah, Big E gets another big win over a guy who's already held the belt. Already established. Now have him go over to SmackDown. Yeah. On Friday. Because at that point, there's nothing else for McIntyre to do on Raw. No, I'd li- I'd like to see him. You go know, after and Roman him go to, yeah, and him go to title. SmackDown would make more sense. He, he can have a new feud. You don't have to do him and Roman right away, but come WrestleMania no. season, yeah, heat build it up. it up to that because start what heating they did it up. Survivor Series last year was dope. Yeah, and to me, it's a precursor of a future WrestleMania main event. Hell yeah! You know, you have to bite on that. Yeah, Roman and Drew. It's gonna have to happen. Um, but as far as anything else on Monday because Night Raw, you have the whole Brock Lesnar dynamic. Roman's going to beat Brock, obviously. Mm-hmm. Drew and Roman now have title those, wins over Brock, over Brock Lesnar. Lesnar. So yeah, yeah, put them together now. No, nah, it makes sense. Title. Makes sense. So those are definitely the most note- noteworthy parts of Raw. Um, we had a pretty solid match between AJ Styles and Riddle. Um, there was no Randy Orton last night. 
But uh, AJ Styles went over Matt Riddle. And uh, what else do we see happen? Charlotte defeated Dewdrop in a title match. Uh, Charlotte put the title on the line in an open challenge, and Dewdrop um, came out and answered it. But the best part that came out of this match... Yo, honestly, if you would have seen the way I was acting last night when Shayna Baszler came out to go attack Eva Marie... You would have died because oh, I was yeah. like, yeah. I was screaming because I was like, she's going to break her arm. Shayna Baszler. God. So, yeah, Eva Marie came out and distracted Dewdrop from beating Charlotte. So, whatever, that happened. And um, it's funny because she tried ponying up to Charlotte and Charlotte just fucking nailed her with a clothesline and then acted like she wasn't shit, which I, I couldn't be more of a Charlotte Flair fan now after that. If the boos from the crowd don't tell somebody backstage that Eva Marie does not belong in a wrestling ring, then yeah. I don't know what the fuck She's will. got go away heat. She doesn't even have the like good heat. Like, wow, no, that's a good. It's go you know, away heat. She has heat. Like, yo, can you leave and never come back? Yep. You and your bad nose job. <laughs> but yeah, so she stays past the commercial break. She's cutting a promo saying she could beat any woman in the back there, and that brings Shayna Baszler out. And I couldn't think of a better person to come out. Bro, I, I was after last week's segment on my couch, going, "Yes, like, please do the same thing that you did to Nia to this girl." And she did. And, uh, again, even Marie sold the shit out of it. It looked good. And uh, I hope next week Shayna Baszler does it to even Marie's other harm. <laughs> I wouldn't mind at all. I, I they're finally using Baszler as, a, like, a legit... Well, I mean, this force. is how they started her last year when she came off of uh, NXT. And she eliminated everybody in the chamber match she was in. The only person to ever do that. Yeah, or at least the just, only woman ever do that, and then they just, just did that. Well, they just did that to feed her to Becky Lynch. So yeah, because Becky's more believable than a real fighter. Exactly, Shayna Baszler would fucking destroy Becky Lynch in a real fight. So it's like you built her up all for that just so Becky Lynch could beat her at WrestleMania. But it seems like we're back on that track as far as Shayna Baszler being that that badass woman, Good. you know. So and yeah, I mean. So far, took you long two, two weeks in a row, she's took out two wrestlers. Took out two people that I. I'm saying you know either saying? next week you do Eva Marie's other arm, or you do Tamina. Oh man, that that's a, can yeah, you bring Alexa Bliss it. back real quick so we can do it to nah, her and nah, Dolph? Leave and, Alexa and, alone. I'd rather see Tamina. All right, all right. Who else could we see her do that to? Oh, I I, I could see her do that to somebody different every week. It doesn't have to be a woman. Do it to Reggie. <laughs> do it to everybody that going for that fucking title. Oh, do, do it, it, please. Do it to everybody going for that fucking title. Please. Just have them line up one by one. Do it to Bruce Prichard for giving Keith Lee the name Bearcat. Oh, all right. Yeah, Keith Lee. Make him, make him come out with the red face and all just to get his arm fucking broken in the stick. Keith Lee comes out, speaking of the 24 7 title, of Kira Tozawa, who I guess failed at getting it again. He calls out. He calls out all these fucking jabronis from the 24-7 division. Do they even have a division? Whatever. No, he calls all them out. Jerk off of yeah. He calls oh. all them out, and we get Keith Bearcat Lee. They couldn't even say his whole name without fitting Bearcat in the middle of it. Where the fuck did that come from? There's a couple old-school black wrestlers that went by the name Bearcat. I can't remember their names off the top of my head, so I'm not going to act like I know who uh, they are. But that's essentially where it comes from. Yeah, but this is not the 70s and 80s. I think it goes back even further than that. But either way, Bearcat, come on, man. There's nothing that sounds intimidating about Bearcat. I think of Sable's music 
when I hear Keith Bearcat Lee. Maybe he should come out to the the fucking the the the, the, the growling and the whip. And, the whip. and his fucking <laughs> his 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 wrestling attire has pink bear claws scratched through it. And he has Bearcat on his ass. And it's funny because, like, I remember hearing he was supposed to be built as, like, a monster heel. There was nothing monster heel about this. Like, he beat Akira Tozawa's ass. He still came out with a, with a baby-faced entrance music. Fans were still cheering for him. I'm assuming they were deaf because they didn't hear the fucking awful nickname. Like, it, why? Fail. Why fail? Bearcat? What, what, what Bearcat? What is that supposed to be? Can't Keith Lee just be a monster fucking heel and just tear through everyone on the roster? Because that would be believable. Just saying. God forbid. Um, we also got Damien Priest versus Sheamus in a no disqualification match. There must be a winner. And um, another really good back and forth match that probably should have taken place on Extreme Rules, being that this was essentially an Extreme Rules match. Yeah, yo, Damian Priest is good, man. He's, yeah, he's I, I like how they're building him up, and it's like you said earlier, um, it does feel like they're gearing him up for a move to SmackDown, which makes all the sense in the world. That title is beautiful, um, and just like him, he should, you know, the title should be on the show that's, you know, being seen by more viewers. Yeah, put him on SmackDown. Let more people see him. You know, throw Nakamura on Raw. He already wears raw, red all the fucking time. You know, so yeah, <laughs> if that means it, anything, it, it you could throw that, Boogs that and Nakamura. probably makes the most sense. Throw Boogs and Nakamura on Raw. You have the IC title on Raw, and you got the US title on SmackDown. Uh, Damian Priest, you know, continues to look strong. They continue to... Um, I'm not burying Sheamus, but you know, I'd like to see them do something other than, you know, just... Being somebody's whooping boy is trying to get somebody else over. Because that, that's mainly what he's been used for outside of his U.S. title run, you know. Um, but outside of that, carrying Cross, he beat Jackson Riker in a match that none of us would even care about a year ago, let alone now. Yeah, it just... Um, I went to the bathroom. And we got a fucking six-man match where Jinder Mahal, Veer, and our favorite fucking heavy, Shanky. Shanky. They finally got a fucking win. They beat Mansoor and Ali and Jeff Hardy. Veer, if anyone, looks the most impressive. He actually has a good look. He he works pretty solid. But I missed this match. Did Shanky get his ass kicked again? No, he got some offense, but he didn't get his ass kicked. He didn't get slapped around, but he got a win. But it was Veer who got the win. But Shanky, like, I don't know about you. I can't unsee this. Shanky looks like Denise Huxtable from The Cosby Show. <laughs> I, I can't unsee it. But at least he got a fucking win. And like I said, Veer looks like the one to look out for. If they actually give a damn about anybody out of those three, it, it should be Veer. And last but not least, Goldberg, via satellite, vowed to get his revenge on Bobby Lashley. He even threatened to fucking kill him. <laughs> uh, as long as the title's not involved. Whatever. Yeah. What I think is funny, though, is, like, MSG can chant, you fucked up and get bleeped out, but Goldberg can threaten to kill somebody on Monday Night Raw, and that's completely He's fine. Goldberg. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah, again, uh, another very quality Monday Night Raw as far as the, uh, the main matches are concerned. Big E, Bobby Lashley continue to stand out. Um, and it looks like Big E is ready to take Monday Night Raw as his own show. So uh, keep an eye on that going forward. But yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. And uh, we'll be right back to uh, talk about the rest of the week in wrestling.
All right, so we just finished recapping Extreme Rules on Monday Night Raw. Usually we go on to NXT 2.0, but it really wasn't much to talk about. Yeah, uh, it, it happened. It was on. If you watched it, you watched it. If you didn't, you didn't. Like, there was no Tommaso Ciampa. We only had a quick vignette from Braun Breaker. You yeah, know, um, it wasn't anything noteworthy. Yeah, and being that last week's episode was about two hours long and kind of a mess, figured we'd just give you the important shit this week and uh, just move right on to AEW Dynamite and then capping it off with that because next week we're going to be covering the WWE draft results from both SmackDown and Raw. Um, so we might as well just dedicate that whole episode to that uh, to, to the draft. But with AEW Dynamite, it took place in Rochester, New York. Um and because of that, they had dedicated this show to the late Brody Lee. And we kick off with CM Punk actually coming out and doing more commentary. Yeah, I'm getting tired of that. Like, it's it's getting corny now. Like, what, are you going to be a manager next? <sighs> yeah. Like, this whole, like, it's kind of like what Taz said at the end of uh, All Out or the the Dynamite episode after All Out. Like, this love fest, like, with the fans. Yeah, and, it, <clears throat> and we watched him turn into... The thing he cried about for so many years. Like, <laughs> it, it's pretty odd, but... It's, it's just, yeah, all right, yeah. whatever. You came back, it was cool, you got a nice pop, but now you're just like... I don't know, it's, I, I don't need to see you on commentary. Yeah, I just... this The second time already, and the thing is, like, nothing happens on commentary either. He's just literally on commentary all night. Which is not bad on commentary, it's just... He just like, doesn't need to do it. Like, are, are we just... You know, having CM Punk come out just for the hell of it. Does he want to ring the bell too? Yeah, like maybe he should be a fucking referee next. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like, like well, he's gonna he's gonna be the cameraman. Like fuck it, build a ring. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I want to see him fucking wrestle. I want to see him. You know, start a feud. Yeah, like not just these one-off matches with younger guys. You know, they get to rub elbows with CM Punk. But when CM Punk was getting to rub elbows with big names in WWE, he swore he didn't need it. But now he's giving these guys the elbow, huh? It, it is kind of odd how, um, I mean, it's still early. It's been just about a, over a month, almost just two months. Just get off commentary, wrestle. I, I just kind of want to see him involved in an angle. I want to see his first actual big feud because it, you know, his first match was Darby Allin. He didn't really like, feud with Team What Taz. did he come back to be? Just Uncle CM Punk? Like, I'm just back to help you young guys get to the top and that's <laughs> Uncle it? Uncle Punk. Like, you don't think that the fans that know you want to see you fight certain guys? Well, you wouldn't be able to fucking tell because the fans, like, they... they just love everything he does. Yeah, exactly. Oh, come jump in the crowd. Like, no, don't come jump on me, dude. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I just want to see something. I want, I want to see an angle be built. So. I want to see Punk and MJF go back and forth promo for promo. Well, it doesn't look like that's going to happen because um, MJF looks like he's headed in another direction. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, CM Punk is out on commentary, but at least we are treated to this opening match between Jungle Boy and Adam Cole. And uh, this stole the show. This was the best match of the night. Um... We got a lot of good action from these two. And this is really, I mean, I've seen Jungle Boy wrestle a few times here and there, but this is like the one match that I've actually seen what he's capable of doing. And I was pretty fucking impressed. Yeah, it, it was a good match. I mean, it, it was a spot fest, like these matches with these little guys are. But it, it was real good. I like the the whole fucking Hurricane Rana outside the ring. Yeah, that was pretty fucking nuts. The 
what else did he do? That, he, that he, pump handle, like, angle slam. He puts on a good fucking STF. Yeah, and I like that he gave it his own name. Yeah, what is the bear trap or the snare trap? Some some trap, but it's like the STF is a move that I can see you finishing someone with. Yeah, and you he know, actually puts and it especially on. Especially a little guy like that, and he looks like he wrenches it in. You mean he actually puts it in? <laughs> I love John Cena and all, but he uh, he My never son he didn't really. A STF yeah, he just just hate how like loose it looks. Just kind of ruins the whole, you know whole point of the fucking move but yeah like we got a hurricanrana like that he also uh jack perry also hit a reverse hurricanrana in the match so like we we saw a lot of cool shit in this match um adam cole he uh somehow gets the referee distracted and she doesn't detect a low blow delivered to jack perry and that leads to a last shot adam cole gets the win Protects Jungle Boy Jack Perry from uh, eating a loss, a uh, clean loss at least. I mean, you know, he got, the, he got hit with the low blow, so he's got an out. And Adam Cole, on top of that, most importantly, stays undefeated and stays hot. Yeah, this was, this was a nice treat to start off the show. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, we, we, have the, we have a pretty interesting main event, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I don't, I, that was probably the second best match of the night, and um, the finish has a lot to do with that. But yeah, this Jack Perry, he looks ridiculous. The hair, like, <laughs> I, I, I get it. He, you know, he, he looks like fucking Tarzan. He comes out the Tarzan boy. I love the theme music. Um, eventually, I would like to see him be taken a little more serious because he can, he can, he clearly can go. You know what I mean? So he has that going for him. Um, maybe he'd have to bulk up a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be taken serious as a heavyweight. A lot of these guys need to bulk up a little bit. Well, yeah. But But this dude actually has some fucking talent, though. He put on a hell of a match with Adam Cole. Not that that's impossible. Adam Cole's a great wrestler, but... Like, yeah, I was pretty pretty impressed by this. Maybe I just haven't seen enough Jungle Boy. I don't know. Yes, yeah, I don't know enough about him to... I know him as Jungle Boy because of this... I think you and I are becoming Jurassic Express fans. Yeah. I, you saw, you heard how I felt about Luchasaurus. Your boy Luchasaurus. Gonna become the fucking Jungle Boy. No, that's a guy that if they take seriously can really make some noise. Yeah, for sure. Second, take the stupid mask off of him. He's not a dinosaur. I think you kind of have to keep the mask on him now. It's so goddamn ridiculous. I can't picture well, him Well, figure out him. how to make it something that would appeal to... People who want to see him be taken seriously. Oh, he <laughs> Apparently, they t- this fucking crowd wants yeah. to see it all. That AEW crowd, they they love. Yeah. So uh, this match actually leads to um, Adam Cole. He's in the ring, and uh, the rest of the elite comes out. And uh, of course, you know the Young Bucks dancing. The Young out. Quiffs. Your your fucking team. That ain't um, my team. They come out dancing with. Um, Oh, they're not the good brothers. They're the fucking... The good-for-nothing brothers. Yeah. That's what they've been called before. It's a perfect name for them, really. Fake Diesel and Razor, I like to call them. Um, yeah, they all come out, and uh, we go to a commercial break, and they come back. They're cutting a promo, and it's basically fucking Carl Anderson taking turns, fucking jocking everybody's pole. And, Getting you know, a cheap pop off of Adam Cole. Yeah, just he's like, yeah, the elite has Adam Cole. Just running down everybody. Um, Kenny Omega gets on the mic. 
And I don't know. Kenny Omega, his promos. He's fucking whack, dude. Other than in the ring wrestling, actually, physically, he's just whack. His promos are not for me. I I don't know. How this guy was ranked above Roman Reigns as the number one wrestler is just beyond me. If we're going to base it on in the ring, I can understand it. You know, I can understand more people liking Kenny Omega matches over Roman Reigns. I can. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can understand it. To me, Roman Reigns is really good in the ring himself. And I, I just Kenny Omega does like physically in the ring he does cool stuff, but his character is just go the fuck away. His promos, uh, Roman Reigns hasn't beat by a mile. Um, Kenny More Omega just sounds like he doesn't sound intimidating at all. Like, nor does he look intimidating. He, I don't know. He just comes off like real fucking. Like I don't know. Like he's trying out for a fucking school play when he's cutting his promos. It's just weird. I feel like they're trying to be DX all over again, and trying it's just to be the not entire working click, for them man. at all. The super click, they call themselves, yeah. I th- I'm not sure if that's what Adam Cole and the Young Bucks call themselves, or if that's just another name for the elite. It's still I don't just don't is, use but, the click at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, he's talking about Brian Danielson and how he, all his social media accounts, Instagram, Facebook... He even threw a MySpace shout-out. They were all, you know, all up in his mail, telling him the same thing, that that was the greatest match they ever saw. It was the greatest match in AEW history, which I am not sure I can argue that. I think that Brian and Omega the second match... Part, it's the second point, yeah, but not the greatest match that anybody has ever seen. I could see some jerk-offs around here that would agree with that. I mean, it's it was a great match. I'm not yeah, taking it. Was, a, I'm not. It's, it's not the greatest match I've ever seen, but it's it's it ever. might be AEW's greatest match. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree, agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I. You could say that, but um, Kenny Omega is talking all this shit about Brian Danielson, and he basically says that he's not going to get another shot at facing him, let alone the title. And that prompts Brian Danielson to come out. And he said that he wants to challenge him. But he knows that Kenny Omega has no balls. And this is where the big no balls chants start. Kenny no balls. <laughs> I love it. Brian Danielson then that dubs... The crowd finally did something right. <laughs> Brian dubs him Kenny no balls Omega. And then that starts the big Kenny no balls chant. So Kenny no balls and a the crew, they basically... Uh, I think they, no, it was Brian, actually, that challenges one of the members, whoever has balls, he says, out of the group, to a match on Rampage later that week. And basically, Kenny Noballs says that, you know, why, you know, wait till Rampage and they can fight right now. So Brian basically says, you know, he has backup, and then out comes Frankie Kazarian, Christian, and the rest of Jurassic Express. And as they storm the ring... The elite fucking leave. They pussy out. Like, nothing really went forward in that angle. There yeah. was no... Well, actually, that's not true. Well, I mean, it is, but they they eventually made a match for Rampage. Um, Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson from the Young Bucks. So that should be... Quiff Jackson. That should be uh, fun to watch, I, I guess. So, yeah, right after that, we get a, uh, a tag team match between Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson... Versus Dante Martin and Matt Sidal. Sidal, I, I guess. Is that how you say it, Sidal? 
think. I don't know, but was this the match with Chucky Finston? <laughs> you mean Dante Martin. Fucking Chucky Finston in a wrestling ring. <laughs> Dante Martin does a lot of cool shit. Nah, he did here. some cool shit in, in the ring, but he's, he's, that's Chucky Finston if he was a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the match is all right. It's not the match itself that has garnered the attention that it has. It's the promo that came after it. So we all know last week Cody Rhodes lost to Malachi Black, and we all know the way he did. He went to tend to a an Arn Anderson that had just gotten knocked off the ring apron. Well, he fell off and then jumped back on to get knocked off. And Cody went to check on him when... Arn Anderson just scolded him to get his ass back in the ring, which led to him losing the match. So after this match, Cody Rhodes gets he gets interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and Cody's about to call out Malachi Black when Arn Anderson just stops him dead in his tracks. And he basically advises not to do that. And it's basically because Malachi Black is just too dangerous for Cody. He says he can ask Lee Johnson right next to him. He can ask his own son, Brock Anderson. Two guys that Malachi Black pretty much destroyed. And Arn Anderson said he would go after him himself, but he's just too damn old. You could hear the crowd hit, give them like the aw. Yeah, like I can hear the groans in the crowd. Like, oh, Like, poor old bastard. <laughs> I'm just too damn old. He said it just like that. Yeah, he did. You that was a it's almost good... like Arn Anderson was yeah, on the show. Yeah, like he's sitting next to me. I know. So he goes on to say that there are two, what is it, that there are two different people in this world. He said that um, you're in a car at a stoplight. A guy yanks you out of your car, tells you to get the hell out. The car is his. He's like, you're the type that's going to be like, oh, go ahead, just don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. And then he says, uh, I'm the type to pull out the Glock, put it to his forehead, and splatter his brains all over the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I hope he doesn't get shit for that. Uh, I mean, how the hell can you after that, man? It got a huge pop, and Cody Rhodes just completely got owned. I can picture on Anderson pulling out a Glock on somebody. Yeah. He look. He is the enforcer. He looks like the kind of old, I'm too old, but he got his Glock. Yeah, well, fucking old man Arn's got his Glock. I so I CM old. Punk tweeted something. Uh, he called him armed Anderson. There you go. <laughs> Man, I, that, I got a kick out of that. That was a hell of a promo, and Cody Rhodes just was completely bitched out in the ring. And Arn Anderson also has a nice line. He's like, the difference is I'm Arn Anderson and everything that implies. <laughs> and he says that he ain't going to coach no loser. So he tells Lee Johnson to come with him because at least he listens to him. And Cody Rhodes is just Good. left there. With his fucking balls in his hands. I'm sick of Cody Rhodes. And then his wife left him, said, fuck you, I don't need you. All right, that part didn't happen. But yeah, Arn Anderson completely fucking owning Cody Rhodes in the ring was just... Arguably the highlight of the night. Yeah, that whole Glock shit, the promo was just... I liked... I want to hear more stuff like that in wrestling. Yeah, Arn Anderson... It, like, I didn't know where he was going with it. You know, like, I don't know if he was going for the sympathetic old man promo, but he fucking turned it around into something that was like, oh, shit. He even motioned a gun to Cody's head, and Cody just looked like a complete pussy. I'm tired of Cody Rhodes, I don't know. I didn't like him in WWE, I don't like him over here, he's just corny to me. About time for a heel turn. 
basically. They're booing him already. He should. Yeah, well, Arn Anderson basically calling him a bitch in front of an entire fucking crowd. I don't think it's going to do him any favors. As great as that Arn Anderson promo was. Now he should come out and attack on. There's your heel turn. Yeah, there you go. Come out, beat his ass a little bit. The crowd's going to hate you for it. Oh, yeah. Because he's just too damn old. And he probably won't have his Glock in the arena. No, I don't think they'd uh, allow that. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe if they have a show in Texas, I'm sure he could sneak one in. I mean, although I heard back in the day, like the old wrestlers used to carry revolvers in their bags. But that's I mean, talent. That is, you know, I like mean, it, that's his day, too. It is. So, yeah, there were a lot of other. Um, there was a couple other matches that happened that don't need to be discussed. Gonna cut, yeah, I'm going to cut right to the MJF promo because... MJ motherfucking F is my favorite AEW guy. Yeah, as far as like the homegrown AEW originals. He is... He probably is pro- my favorite all around. Yeah, I don't he, count he Brian just, Punk. His, his promo, his mic work is... Wow. Like Brian Danielson's one of my five favorite wrestlers of all time. So clearly he's my current favorite wrestler, but like... As far as AEW goes, yeah, I agree with you on that. MJF is the guy I look forward to the most. When he's on, I I need to know what the hell he's going to he, say. He's on a different level than most guys, than everybody that AEW is, has homegrown. I am not going to call MJF the best heel in the business. No, 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 not, not in the call business. Him. I'm not going to call him that. And, and as far uh, as AEW goes? I would say that's Roman Reigns um, in the business. Yeah, Definitely the whole head of the table, race. tribal chief. But MJF is top three. Yeah, like as far as AEW I don't know who goes, else is in there. He's definitely top five. But like MJF is a close fucking number two. I feel as like far he's levels go. above AEW's home. He's so guys. much better to listen to on the mic than Kenny Omega. Yeah, way better. MJF is a fucking pro. That's a heel promo, man. And he's that's way a- better than, than listening to the guy that he cut a promo against. He is a walking heel promo. And MJF comes out. And they're they're booing him. He tells him to cut his music, and he's saying, "Shut up! You're you're from upstate New York, being that he's from Long Island." He starts talking about the pillars of AEW and the four young guys that he's referring to. Obviously, himself. He also calls out Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara, and then brushes over Darby Allen as if he hardly mattered. And uh. He points out that he has beaten Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara already. And he said that without him, AEW ain't shit. And MJF, he basically called himself the past, president, and the future. And why he deserves to be the AEW world champion. He does. I really hope one day... I need It needs to happen. Yeah, it does. They'd be doing themselves a disservice. Because that's how... I mean, like, if there's one homegrown guy that becomes that you know out of all the homegrown guys that gets the world title first it has to be mjf definitely because obviously chris jericho isn't homegrown neither is moxley neither is omega yeah they're AEW through and through but as far as like guys that started in AEW, that's mjf man like he has to be the first homegrown guy with the title yeah they, they, if they don't do it, then you know what? I don't want to hear nobody say, oh, WWE misses opportunities for people all the time. Because this guy right here is their star. 
And his promos are just off the wall. So and and it gets off the wall over here because then he starts name dropping. He goes out. He mentions Tony Khan's name and he says that Tony Khan is in the top two cons of all of wrestling. Obviously, a reference to Nick Khan. Yeah, the guy who a lot of people hold responsible for letting go. A well, lot he's of the jerk off that's telling Vince to make cuts. He apparently is uh, held responsible by a lot of the uh, internet wrestling fans for um, letting go of guys like Bray Wyatt and uh, failing to sign, re-sign guys like Adam Cole and a whole bunch of other guys that are now in AEW or about to be. Um, so yeah, that in case anybody didn't know who Nick Khan was, and that's who he's referring to. So he says that um, he didn't get the opportunities that he deserved without having some old friends. And he said he had an old friend from MLW, that's Major League Wrestling. And that old friend happens to be Bruce Pritchard, who is like actively working for WWE Creative. Yeah, that's, that's fucking brother love. Yeah, I mean, that's like practically Vince McMahon's right-hand man, or one of his... I mean, I guess you could say Kevin Dunn would be his right-hand man, but Bruce Pritchard creatively is like his right-hand man. And he said that he has old Brucey on speed dial, which is like this dude. Usually, you're hearing guys taking shots at WWE. Yeah, this and, guy's and fucking threatening the jokes. It wasn't without it. It's, 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 it's shot because CM Punk had to come and say, everybody got Bruce on speed dial. Well, I've, I found that pretty funny because... I'm just sick of Punk with his... Whole anti WWE campaign. And- I am too, but at the same time with Bruce Pritchard, I feel like that name drop, while it is really funny and very clever, doesn't hold as much weight as you would think because Bruce Pritchard is just a Vince McMahon guy. He just knows what Vince McMahon likes. He's good at pleasing McMahon. So I, that's how, like, when CM Punk says that, I got a laugh out of me. I so, like, I, like I, I can appreciate that. Right on cue, Darby Allen's music hits. Remember, he kind of brushed over Darby Allen's name. And MJF basically calls him a school shooter on a skateboard. And I uh, said he wasn't a fan of him. And he also called him a second best guy. Which, you know, MJF says that he should know all about second best guys or number two guys being that he hangs around Sting all the time. Says that number two guys, you know, they make a pretty good career for themselves. Guys like Wayne, um, guys like Scottie Pippen. And guys like Lou Gehrig have all done well, but he's a guy like Babe Ruthie, who is the number one guy. Uh, He keeps going at Darby Allen, and Darby Allen basically says that he's not going to break him mentally. So that's when MJF just tries to really dig deep into him. You know, if Darby Allen wasn't a quiff before, after that promo, good God, don't give him a microphone. Well... Don't give him a microphone. Keep he staying go- with him forever. MJF goes to talk about how the reason why he's straight edge. That is because um, the one time his uncle got in the car hammered with Darby Allen as a kid. Gets into an accident. Uncle gets killed. And MJF is bringing all this up. Obviously trying to get to Darby Allen. Then he also says in his face that the wrong person died in the accident. Yeah, he's just, he's a prick, bro. Getting asshole chance, like, fucking deafening chance. Heat. Yeah. Real heat. So instead, Darby Allen goes, once again, he's not going to be broken mentally. And all MJF does is talk, so he can just keep talking. Keep talking. And he repeated himself to keep talking about three yeah, more times. Yeah, just keep him away from a microphone. Let Sting talk for him. 
And Sting's not even that great of a no, talker. No, but he's better than that. Yeah, see, to me, Darby Allen, I get it now. He reminds me of Jeff Hardy. He's like their Jeff. Jeff Hardy was not good on the mic no, either. he wasn't. But he appealed to fans in the same light. Yeah, I, I, I get Allen. it. I get it. But he's just keep him away from. You know, the like mic. you got the you got the punk rock look. You got the oh, Jeff Hardy. Is... Sure as hell ain't straight edge. We all know that. But Darby Allen, I I get that appeal. The mic work is Jeff Hardy esque. He himself is AEW's Jeff Hardy, and that's that's a compliment. I'm not I'm not shitting on him for that. Yeah, MJF's gonna have to carry this promo wise. That's not a problem. He, he's de- yeah, he's not. But it's like. I can't see Darby Allen coming up. I, I could see MJF telling him, like, yo, I'm going to give you things to say to me. Cause Anything MJF says or does, I'm I'm all for it. I don't give a fuck who it's against because he'll make it interesting. I actually hope that since they're working together, you know, MJF helps him out. Like, yo, here, here's some shit to say. I'll do yeah, that, you know I mean, mean, you would think, obviously, you know, promos aren't Darby Allen's strengths. You got to be able to cut a promo if you're going to make it big in wrestling, though. Yeah. It's, he's, you can be as good as you want in the ring, but you you got to be able to grab His strengths mic. are, you know, like just his daredevil kind of style in the ring. You know, he's got a cool look. He's got the cool music. He's got yeah, Sting the, by it, him. it's cool. I get it. He, he, gets, he gets over without having to be a strong promo. And, you know, there is a credit to be said about that because he's not the only person to do that. He gets over with his in-ring work. His just natural charisma. But, yeah, I would keep him away from the mic. I definitely would. Yeah, so. at some point you got to be able to talk and bring people in. Yeah, I don't know. Jeff Hardy, sometimes, there was, a, there was a, a really short period in time right before he got the WWE title where he was actually cutting yeah, some pretty I, solid promos. I like Jeff Hardy for the, like his in-ring shit, like, you, like you're saying with Quiff. I like the, the swantons off the, the fucking the balconies and the ladders and all of that. Yeah, that's I didn't care cough, for his mic work. That's what the coffin drop is. Yeah. That's well, the kind of move that it is. He can do it off a building. He can do it off a ladder. He can do it off of this. But the mic work, just keep him away from it. Don't, don't even... Just, no. So MJF basically takes that as a challenge. Off mic, he says, oh, you, you, don't, you don't think I can mentally break you. Then he takes Wardlow and tells him to leave the ring. Wardlow. And uh, CM Punk says something along the lines of, when you stand up to a bully, the bully retreats. MJF bullying a little quiff like Darby Allen? Yeah. I'll watch that every Wednesday. (laughs) Please. Smack him up a little bit. Have Wardlow go down and powerbomb him through a table maybe. Wardlow will fucking cripple him. I would love to see Wardlow just slam Darby Allen everywhere. That's what they need to do first before Darby even gets in the ring with. MJF. Darby has to beat Wardlow in order to get to MJF. Yes. That I can definitely I see, see him Wardlow do that. flip him like a fucking piece of pizza. Dough. And you know what? After this next match, which was the main event, if the finish of this match can happen, then Darby Allen can certainly beat Wardlow. Yeah. Uh, Miro. Puts his TNT championship on the line, as well as his undefeated streak on the line against Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. And... You know what pisses me off most about this? What's that? Like you said with the finish. Anybody listening already knows Guevara won. I went to an event, and I was literally five feet from Rusev. 
And while he's not tall, he might be six foot at best, the dude is wide as a fucking fridge. Like, he has, he's the kind of guy that walks sideways through doors. He looks like he's in better shape now than he ever was in WWE. And you mean to tell me that he loses clean to a guy who is smaller than me? Talk about believability right out the window. There's a spot in this in this match that I guess they're really trying to sell us on that played a part in him losing. And it was when he got, well, I don't know, he didn't even get driven in. He just kind of like fell into the exposed turnbuckle. But he didn't really sell it that much. It didn't really look impactful. So if that's how they're going with, you know, Miro, you know, he hits the exposed turnbuckle and then Guevara gets a gets a flurry. I'm not a huge fan of Sammy Guevara. He is impressive in the ring, but he has no business, no Just fucking look business at him, bro. beating Miro. Like, this is the first guy that beats Miro? Yeah, the hair and all that. He looks like a child. He has no business pinning the guy who hasn't lost yet. The first guy that beats Miro, let alone for the title, should have meant more than Sammy Guevara. And the thing is, when was the last time we even saw Sammy Guevara on TV? I, I did never even cared for him, bro. But we haven't even seen him on TV in a long time. I don't. I, I'm watching more AEW now than I have ever. I can't remember the last time I saw Sammy Guevara on TV. And here he is winning the fucking TNT yeah, Championship. I just, I did that, Granted, the uh, two moves he whatever. uses to win the title are pretty awesome. He uses the, uh, I don't know if you caught the name of that. It was called the GTH because it looks like a go to sleep. But instead, he picks you up the opposite way and still throws you up and knees you in the head. I think it's called the go to hell. That's what I would think GTH stands for. I, and I then, wouldn't have any idea. And then he hits the 630 Centon Splash, which I think has to move Ricochet. Wow, he uses, really right? calls himself Spanish God. Yeah, well, Chris Jericho, I think, gave him that nickname. I think his fucking fat-ass Jericho would give him something like that. Yeah, well, I don't know. Sammy Guevara wins the TNT title. I, I don't know. I, I just don't think that was the right nah, move. It, it wasn't at all. Miro has actually been built right. He was finally being utilized the way he should have. On AEW. I would rather Miro have lost that belt to fucking... I mean, MJF's a heel. You can't really do heel and heel. But Malachi Black, maybe, some at some point? Uh, there are more believable faces. Like, I don't know. Fucking, Did, I, I didn't know Sammy Guevara was even a face, honestly. Um, but yeah, it just it, it, a lot of reasons it didn't make sense. Besides the, the eye test. I mean, like I said, when was the last time Sammy Guevara was even on? I can't remember. Like, I've been, like I said. I don't, because I never paid attention to him like that. Well, I mean, this is the most AEW we've watched ever since all these guys have been coming in. And I, since when have we mentioned Sammy Guevara? Yeah. And he's all of a sudden not just a TNT champion, but he just fucking beat Miro. Great match. Crappy ending. Yeah. Bullshit result. Yeah, disappointing. Miro left WWE to come get... This type of shit in AEW. Granted, he was undefeated for a while. Well, he was also undefeated for a while in WWE. Yeah. But at least John Cena was the yeah, first one to beat him. Yeah, he lost to someone. He didn't lose Not to... just somebody, but like the someone. Yeah, that's, um, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And fucking Sammy Guevara. Because Sammy Guevara is like, to me in wrestling, he's, he's a nobody. John Cena is somebody. I'd rather lose to Cena than lose my title in undefeated shit. I'm, I'm this thinking point. this is like Ricochet beating Bobby Lashley for the title. It's also the guy that almost killed Matt Hardy, like, twice last year. Yeah. 
That when he pushed him off that fucking thing and smacked his head? Yeah, I haven't forgiven him for that. Or when he threw the wrong chair at his fucking head. and busted his whole shit open? Yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah, fuck this kid. How unfucking professional can you be? Because his career wasn't tough enough as a Hardy boy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck, man? So, yeah, that that's that was AEW Dynamite. Um, I still think not, Match of the Night was Jungle Boy and Adam Cole. I thought they stole the show right off the bat. And um, between the Arn Anderson promo and the MJF promo, you know, we still still got some really cool stuff out of this. AEW continues to be uh, a lot of fun to watch, albeit with some, you know, hiccups along the way. But, uh, yeah, that's our show. Um like we said on uh, was it the last episode, I believe it was the last episode, we are uh, now on Instagram. So uh, go and follow us at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Uh, wasn't my idea to have two underscores. I'm really a fucking mouthful to say all the time. But we want you guys to, uh, you know, tell your friends, listen to our podcast, listen to our show. Now he's right, though. Like If, if you want to hear two jerk-offs just talk about wrestling and come listen yeah you know raw and uncut only way we can do it just keeping it real you know but uh yeah like i said you can find us on instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high i really hate saying it so much it's just you fucking can, change it. can i yes okay <laughs> maybe after this episode when they can find i don't know you'll yeah, find well, us well we'll change it and then we'll put it in the next episode we might we might uh eliminate a couple underscores or at least one just way i don't have to keep fucking saying it just for the sole purpose of me having to repeat saying it every episode it is kind of a lot to say it is a lot to say it's a mouthful you know the only mouthful i like is a titty in my mouth so (laughs) i agree i second that yeah with that said guys that's our show for today Next week, we're going to be covering the WWE Draft, which is both taking place on SmackDown and Raw. And uh, we'll probably also cover a little bit of Rampage, being that Brian Danielson is making his Rampage debut up against Nick Jackson from the Young Bucks. Should be a pretty fun match to check out. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's what you should be able to look forward to on the next episode. And uh, that's our show for today. Mike, any uh, closing thoughts? Over and out. There it is, guys. Thanks for listening again. For Mikey Bravo, Lex James, we're out of here.